Hi there, David Turner here in the editing suite. Unfortunately, we had a, a few problems recording this one. Um, no one's fault, really. Well, I suppose it was, it was mine. But um, Audio Hijack Pro decided to just ramp up my mic over everyone else's, so it, it peaks a little bit. But um, I've tried to tidy it up a little bit. Uh, hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, if you don't enjoy the first 10 minutes, then delete, which is a shame, because this one's a banger. And welcome to the Computer Game Show. My name's David Turner. I'm here with Sean Bell. All right. And John Denton. Hello. You alright, mate? That, yeah, wasn't well, much, that wasn't much fanfare. What did, you want? Guest. what did you want? That's not how we do things anymore. There's no <laughs> get to know you guest. Although I would like to ask him some questions. But just to explain, um, Matt, <laughs> I think people think I was joking last week when I said that Matt had all the stuff in his house stolen. But no, he, was, he literally got burgled. Uh, and he's got That's nothing. Funny joke. Current update: Matt's found one of his Mac Minis. Well, he found his Mac Mini in a CEX. Uh, <laughs> no, he stumbled across it. And he rung me up, like quivering with excitement. <laughs> uh, but then also realised that actually that might mean that he has to get his old crappy MacBook, <laughs> Mac back, and uh, and not spend the, uh, the insurance money on a new Mac. But you know, so he kind of regretted finding it. But but. Uh, yeah, no, he's still, I mean, that's that's mental, but also... How does... I mean, I know, like, everyone jokes about CEX being a stolen phone emporium and everything, but well, yeah, I've never actually heard of that happening. If, if you remember when I was burgled, I went into CEX and I asked and said, oh, has anyone tried to sell a MacBook or anything? Yeah. And the manager got wassy with me. No, we check all our serial numbers, you know. <laughs> and um, to be fair, they, they do. It's just Matt took a while to fill out his serial number spreadsheet uh, the way okay. he does, you know. And, um, yeah, didn't manage to... Um, uh, I did manage to submit it in time before it was sold to CEX. Uh, but yeah, weird, weird one. But yeah, so no, he's he's literally got no equipment at the moment, so that's why he's not recording. Uh, James Farley is, I don't know, he's on holiday. He just said, I'm on holiday, and that was it. <laughs> like, it's almost like he doesn't want you to know. It's almost like he doesn't want to do the podcast anymore, Sean, <laughs> if I'm totally honest with you. Um, and who would blame him? Because he's uh, currently being abused a lot. Uh Right, okay, John. You can ha- just throw that out there. <laughs> Sorry, by me is, is the implication there. I wasn't like, Jesus, yeah. No, good point. Thanks for correcting me. Uh, how you been, John? All right? It's been a long time since you podcasted. I guess it has, yeah. I don't think I've done any podcast since we finished ours, whenever that was. I can't remember, six months ago, a year ago? Yeah, I think it's about time. a year ago. I don't know. Yeah, so but, what, have you missed it? For, no, for ages and ages, <laughs> because the amount of work, I mean, if you don't, if anybody listening doesn't know, I did a podcast with my friend Chet Royless for ages, so 150 odd episodes, uh, where we did 10 games a week, uh, and often we'd repeat the game week after week, but still, it was a lot of graft just to, to have that many games to talk about every single week, and yeah, yeah I've not missed that at all, <laughs> at all, to be honest, <laughs> it's only recently in the last maybe sort of couple of months that I've sort of had the itch to to talk about games or or anything really. I never fell out of love with games, but yeah, just just talking about them being on a podcast was was not something I was interested in until now. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, like the the, the reason why I started again because we did have a question, I think it was on the lost episode. Um the reason why I started up again was because I did miss podcasting 
and um, I was still playing games as, as often as I was anyway. Um, but it's just like Harry would sleep in the evening. So it was kind of like, well, I'm sitting here doing nothing really. <laughs> like I could probably put like record a conversation every every couple of hours. And I was like, I was itching to get back to it. But um, but then we didn't have that format, man. But like trying to string, trying to string 10 games together a week is uh, is insanity. Yeah, it was. Well, when we started, I've talked about this on the show itself, but when we started, both of us were getting quite a lot of small reviews in like reviews for Pocket Gamer and things like that. So in a week, I'd probably played seven or eight games for work anyway, uh, you know, smaller scale games. So yeah. when we started, it wasn't too much of an issue. But by the end, it was just, yeah, trying to find 10 things from scratch every single week to talk about to not keep going over the same games week after week. Also, while, while you were, um, when you started, that like the, there was still a bit of a mobile game scene going. Yeah, and yeah. before everything went freezer play and terrible. <laughs> yeah, and then you had the, the like Xblig and stuff, which again, that's uh, that's no yeah. no longer about on these consoles, are they? Yeah, my PC's now dead. It just sits here, this big black box sitting next to me. But, but I find that insane because nah. if you're listening to this and thinking the sound quality is not quite as good as it, as it has been, that's because we're we're um, having to like take a direct Skype record, um, and that was because John uh, hasn't got anything that can run Audacity and Skype at the same time. I mean, he, he, it probably can, but the risk is that it, it all fails and it, like we lose another episode. Oh, I would have definitely done what James did. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> but like... I used to record it all, the previous one, and the few times I had to do it when he wasn't there it was a nightmare. But when, so... you, when you told me that, I was kind of like, but haven't you got that really nice gaming PC that you had what's happened to it um well I installed Windows 10 on it ah it just it was like do you want Windows 10 and I was like oh yeah all right I guess um I hadn't played in it for a while anyway I was like yeah I'll take it and then it did its thing and I turned it back on and it just went to a black screen and I tried it again and I looked online and just went to a black screen I was like um all right so I thought oh okay well I'll just go into the menus at the beginning, whatever they're called, and do like a, a reset. I'll just reset it or go back in time or something. Mm. And then I deleted, somehow deleted the entire operating system off the thing. <laughs> so I'm being, Windows 10 was a digital download, so I don't have the disks for it. I couldn't find the disk for Windows 7. And now it just sits here. <laughs> I found it really bad. I mean, I just, I've got a lot to do. I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't need it for work right now. So it's just kind of sitting there. I've kind of forget... I don't know if you're like this in your house. If you just have things that sit there for long enough, they just become part of your house. If yeah. You go back to my yeah, just family home. Just... Yeah, there's VHS te- tapes sitting at the top of the stairs <laughs> in my family home that have been there since mid-90s, and they're still there. <laughs> it would take my mum literally 10 seconds to pick them up and put them somewhere, but they're still there. Awesome. It was like, a, yeah, in my family home, I've, I've replaced a picture family. Like, my mum's got one of those uh, long sort of picture frame things with loads of different photos in it and uh, I replaced one of the whole family with just a picture of the Fonz doing the thumbs up and it took her about a year to notice it but after she noticed it she went oh we've done that well oh, well, I'm going to have to change that now still there that was literally about five or six years ago it's still right in the front room picture of the Fonz with his thumbs up like keeping broken stuff especially it's because it, like you know when you watch like hoarders and stuff have you ever, ever... Yeah yeah yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and you and like you just hear the people like always saying like, oh, but you know, like if I just if I can get around to repairing this, it'll be worth keeping. And that and like I see that it's like fuck, that's that's what I do. Like I'm nowhere near as bad, but I just keep stuff that's clearly fucked. And just thinking, yeah, but if I just get around to sorting it, 
It's true. I, I mean, right, I've, I've, I, no, I never will. Just fucking like finish. <laughs> you know, the worst for that is dead pads, dead dead controllers, gaming controllers. Like, Mate, I had, I had to, because <laughs> you know, like, so I got two house rabbits, and they like to chew cables, and I lost three Xbox 360 controllers to them. <laughs> yeah. And I had to just set aside an evening, nearly giving myself a fucking migraine, trying to resolder the wires on those. It was great. It's a shame that Microsoft didn't bring out something like a controller for the 360 that didn't have wires. That'd be really useful. That, you, wouldn't it? Have, um, you wouldn't have had that issue, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, right, okay, this week, there's been a, a few bits of news, but the ones that stick out, mainly because we were, we were chatting about this last week, um, and things have changed somewhat. Um, so we'll start with No Man's Sky. That's been delayed now till when? August, um, and we were talking about it last week, and you were saying about these videos that are out there that yeah. that, uh, that that do explain what the game is, um, uh, despite the fact that well, we were I going. Think, like I said, I've never. Well, I the, did. The, the point I was making is just that there's stuff out there that we've definitely not seen, and yeah. we were just sort of sitting there going, "Oh, it's, it's wank. They haven't told us what the game's like." Yeah. <laughs> it seemed a bit unfair. Well, I think the I, I did I did go on to YouTube and, and, and start looking at those videos and there's two problems for first it's mainly all on IGN so it's like kind of I don't really read IGN or look at any of their content so it's kind of like that's why I've missed that um, uh, secondly I mean the stuff there was a video put up about a month ago that showed a bunch of new stuff that that got me interested again and I was like okay right I can see me playing this now thank, like, thank god I, I wasn't even looking out for it uh, when you know, based on the stuff we've previously seen, um, but there was still a few things that really wound me up about it. Right, so they showed you going onto a planet and naming things as they always do. Uh, then they showed you how you can upgrade your gun to to for it to become a mining gun. So not only is the planet completely like you can explore the whole planet, you can also blast holes in it and find caves underneath things and, yeah. and stuff like that. And that, that was like, okay, yeah, that's really cool. So he blasted a hole in the floor and there was a big cave underneath and he went around and saw new species and stuff like that. Um, then he showed a bit of the, the uh, fighting. Like there was a huge um, uh, drop ship or whatever you want to call it, flying through the sky. And um, he went in and nicked some resources and then got blown up. And then he respawned inside that ship and that whole ship's got like a whole interior and he was saying NPCs can be here. You know, it's a bit different. It, people flying and you can trade with them and stuff like that. Um, and I was thinking, okay, this is all new stuff. This is really cool. And then he went back to the map and said, oh, look how big the map is. And I just went, mate, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Stop showing me how big the fucking map is. Like, um, <laughs> there was uh, the, like there was a moment where, where he was explaining um, how if you look at a planet, um, like say you know when you played Mass Effect One, you looked at a planet and it was like this huge planet, but there was one little area that you can go to, and that was it. And it was you yeah. know it was this little area on this planet. He was saying, if you look down at that planet, see those tiny little islands in the ocean, you can literally fly down to those oceans, and they exist. Mm. And then he went to the map, and I was kind of thinking, right, we've seen the map, we've seen how huge this is, we all get that. Uh, prove what you've just said, because that would be really cool. To like go, you know, look at this bit, right? We're going to fly down to that specific bit, or or get the the guy who's playing it to pick a bit to fly down to, because then that proves that you know that whole planet is actually modelled, or or at least it can be generated from the the algorithms behind it and stuff. But uh, yeah, so although I'm like I'm ex- I'm more interested than I was, there's still nothing there to tell me, okay, this is what's going to drive you into this game. This is what's going to keep you there. You know what I mean? Mm. 
I think that what makes me more wary than anything is when you, you know you say about like when they bang on about the scale of it and stuff. It reminds me of uh, Will Wright did a really good uh, presentation of Spore um, when that was still in development, and yeah. it was like the whole thing was about an hour long. It's really interesting because however you feel about his games, he, he's always an interesting person to listen to. Um, and he starts out, and he's you know he's everything's at like a cellular level at like you know the start of the game, um, and and then you know and then like oh basically over the course of about ten minutes he's sort of explaining each stage of the, each stage of the game and then like zooms out a bit, um, so he's like oh cellular level and then oh here's some little creatures and then zoom out again oh here's cities zoom out again oh here's a whole planet and he zooms out zooms out zooms out and it's you know a whole fucking galaxy and the whole audience is like absolutely losing their minds, but Spore was rubbish. <laughs> It just wasn't a good game. Did you play it? Yeah. Sport. Oh, was Sport was was that the EA thing? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm getting was, that mixed was... up with that Microsoft thing that came out, Project Spark, for some reason. Oh. <laughs> Which they binned off the other week, didn't they? They did. That was a shame. Uh, I seems. I presume Project Spark was rubbish as well. No, I did. I I booted it out once, got to the menu, and just went nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just Sport was just like as a game, just wasn't that enjoyable. Um, so yeah, so now whenever people are like, "Look, it's you can zoom out loads and there's a big galaxy," I'm like, "Yeah, which but, is completely, but, completely unfair." Probably. See, yeah, it, it 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 is and it isn't because I think that you know, um, that's uh, that is incredible. What they've done is incredible. Um, fine, but they, what, what? Why is that? Why is that good for me? Like, yeah. it, it, they said the other day, uh, like on this video that I watched, that ninety nine percent of the stuff uh, that's in the game will never be discovered. So coming right. across something that's been named by someone is a big deal. And I was just kind of like, what's the point in naming things if no one's ever going to see it? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. don't know. And then I do worry about these species that are roaming the planets and stuff. How many of them is going to be like, oh, yeah, it's like this one, but it's got a tail. You know, <laughs> it, you know <laughs> I, like, I, there's so many questions that we would uh, that I've got about this game. Uh, they like the fact that it's been so long in development and they've delayed it even further still. I I hope that is a signifier that they are maybe handcrafting more of it than they're letting on. Yeah, because you know it's it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, it's just it's it's maths that makes all the planets. That's smart, isn't it? Which is, but like you say, you're going to start seeing repetition quite quickly. Um, so yeah, so what I'm hoping is they are actually going in and making more things than they're they're letting on. John, have you got any interest in No Man's Sky? It, it looks like a nightmare to me. Um, <laughs> something, something that's got like you said, it's it's undeniably impressive from what we've seen so far. Like especially considering their, you know, the origins of the studio, and it was just three or four guys making yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Joe Dangerous, whatever it's called, to expanding to still a you know a small team. Uh, amazing uh, and ambitious, but. I don't know, it's something that aimless, something that vast. It doesn't seem... I, I don't want to pass any sort of judgment at this stage. I haven't no, no, seen of course not. Yeah. You know, I've only seen a couple of videos and presentations and uh, and things like that. But even if the, there is plenty of stuff to do, it's just it seems to have so little respect for your time. And <laughs> my, yeah, I don't want to... I don't think I want to spend that much time exploring the galaxy. That, that feels like I'm... I could feel the, the seconds of my life ticking away as I just floated <laughs> through the ether looking for another planet with like you say some weird skunk with a weird face <laughs> yeah. I mean, naming him Brian I don't know if I want to do that but I think it's going to be one of those games that I wait for the good reviewers and people who I trust and whose 
whose thoughts and opinions interest me to to kind of see what they make of it and if somebody manages to kind of bury down and uh, and pull out a really interesting thread about what makes this game special beyond its sort of vast scope mm. then, then maybe i'll get involved but as it is i mean that terrifying like, when he pulls out that map i'm just like oh it's like, i can't i don't even want to i don't even want to take a step into that even a even a bethesda game at the moment is too daunting so something infinite <laughs> it, it's, it, it's it is the game that I'm like. I mean, I'm most looking forward to the reviews for that game than any other because I think you do have a sense of whether you'll like a game before the reviews sort of hit home, and um, uh, it's very rare that a game comes out where the reviews kind of sway you either way. For me, anyway, personally, um, uh, although that kind of changed with Overwatch, that was one of the rare, game, rare games this week. But we'll get to that with No Man's Sky. I, I could fall either way you know i i genuinely feel that i don't know enough about it um so when those when that embargo lifts and and we start seeing reviews and scores and stuff that's going to be fucking interesting mm-hmm. uh but yeah so uh the, i mean there was a, a lot they got a lot of grief about the delay but I, i'd be surprised if, if either of you were genuinely upset about it rather than taking the rational thought of hey let's let's make sure it, let's make sure it's working first before it's released this time <laughs> I mean, I don't see that stuff anymore because I can follow pretty much everybody who moans about video games, and life's much sweeter for doing so. But... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there was there wasn't there was a lot more people on my timeline saying why are people angry about the delay than people getting angry I mean, about like the delay. But six weeks or something like a, just a negligible yeah. amount of time. Maybe when maybe when you're still fifteen, that that feels like ages. There's your whole summer holiday. <laughs> yeah, <today>. yeah. <laughs> maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe it's the summer holidays. That's what's fucked yeah. up. I doubt it. I just think it's the people that love fucking moaning. I think that's more likely. Um, the other thing that was announced this week, I say announced, it was there was an interview, um, uh, a Last Guardian article, sorry, in, in Edge, uh, where the game was pretty much announced for 2016. I mean, they they didn't say this is definitely coming out 2016, but uh, there was a quote saying this is the year that we'll be seeing the Last Guardian. Um, and it was something we were talking about last week, Sean, because you said that you were starting to not feel uh, interested at all now. But now, I just, no, like I, I'm still interested. Just like I'm not in that like default position of oh, it's by Team Eco, it's going to be fucking incredible. Why not? What like what's what what's changed for you? Well, so like not... I say, like like the the sort of the thing with Eco and Shadow of the Colossus is that at the time, I mean, Shadow of the Colossus is. Of the two, probably stands the test of time a bit better. Yeah. Because, like I say, e- Eco was sort of this landmark for so many people because they were like, "Look, it is a console game, um, and it is about feelings, and it's, <laughs> you know, and people found it really interesting on that level." But that's that's not unusual anymore. Um, Shadow of the Colossus again sort of touched on those things, but was a lot more enjoyable as an action game. Yeah. Um, and did you know did a lot of interesting things. This one, like when they're just sort of. The, the big griffin cat thing and everyone's just like oh man it's going to be really sad when that dies and I'm just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. it's like I mean I'm assuming it doesn't die because that's too fucking obvious um, but it's like oh yeah it's all about you know having this bond with this other creature and I'm like yeah I don't know if I need that anymore like I feel like certain points have been proven and 
you know? <laughs> yeah, just to stop playing with my emotions now. Let's go to yeah. back to Tetris. I you know, <laughs> that new Doom is fucking wicked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Titanfall's good. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm being a dick, obviously. like It's probably going to come out and be brilliant, and I'll be very happy when it does. Um, it's just this whole leaning on, oh, this is going to be sad, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the one the one difference that the, I mean the one thing against that that, that I I kind of feel that this is different from the norm um, was that when, when they showed it at E3 uh, last year, they had that sort of short demo, and the fact that it wasn't emotions linked with cutscenes and it was actually linked with gameplay made me yeah. sit up and take notice a little bit. You know, like when you're controlling the character, you could press X to jump or whatever button to jump. And to tell that Trico thing to jump, like he was reacting to stuff you were actually doing. Uh, and I think if there's a lot of that in it, and it's going to be an experience that, that we've never had before and might actually engage us a little bit more in what, what happens. But I don't know how you can't be just completely buzzing for it. I mean, it's. I think. I, I mean, I th- the fact that it's been like in development hell for like what 10 years or something so. is there part of you thinking i don't want to get really excited for it because i don't want to look stupid if it's crap a bit of that <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was yeah because i said last episode didn't i it came up on my fucking uh facebook on this day it was like seven years ago where i was like oh mate last guardian trailer it wasn't called last guardian then was it was it i can't remember i think it I was think it didn't yeah. have a name actually oh everyone uh, was just calling it trico weren't they at the start yeah yeah um and i was like oh mate i better get a ps3 for that and <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time, and I just I can't imagine it's anywhere near the same game. Yeah, but if Shenmue fans can get excited for uh, the next uh, game in that series, yeah, then but they're idiots, mate. Yeah, <laughs> good point. <laughs> um, John, did you, I mean, did you play? Were you a fan of Ico and uh, oh, Shadow Colossus? Yeah, massively. Um, yeah, I've still got Ico in. I've, do I have both? I've definitely got both on the PS3, but I've got the original box Ico in my drawer behind me. The one with yeah. the little cards. Yeah, yeah, with the little cards. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like, again, it, it, I mean, of course, I'm interested and I, I, I you know, definitely want to want to play it, when, you know, The Last Guardian when it comes out. But, like, I don't think I can be excited for something for a decade. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, and if it comes out, then I'll buy it that day. I, I don't, I'm not a cynical gamer. I don't want to be uh, kind of downbeat about it. I'm definitely interested in, in seeing how it turns out and, I hope it is as good as it possibly could be. I mean, those are like landmark, all-time masterpieces, really. Despite some some little problems I have with them here and there, but I mean, that's like nitpicking some of the control issues in uh, Shadow of the Colossus, a game that was like far more ambitious and uh, magnificent than almost anything else. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, of course, of course, I'm interested, and in, and in, but I'm, I can't be bothered to to invest anything in it anymore. I'll just. Yeah. Wait until it wait until it comes. But I'm kind of feeling like that about most games these days. I think it may be just the fact that I am getting older and time does seem to go a lot quicker. But it's like they announced something for 2017 or something 2018. And I remember in the 90s that felt like forever ago. But now I'm like, well, okay, well, soon I will be alive and that will, you know, I'll have that game or I will have died before then. And either way, I'm I'm not going to think about it until it happens. Well, in the '90s, 2017 really was a long time away, though. So, you know, know. Yeah, that's true. But it's true <laughs> now, isn't it? So, uh, point proven, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't think of a game that's been uh, in development for like that span of time that's come out and and actually been decent. Um, 
And I mean, there's not many games that have lasted that long. Segue to the game that we've all played, apart from you. <laughs> if we're moving off talking about other things now, sorry, I don't mean to take over the podcast. That's no, go like... for it. You could. It's all yours, John. What? 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 What is this? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, just games that have been in development hell for years and years and years, and then turned out to be really good, like Doom. Oh, yeah. Is, has that been? Because Doom Three was like, when did Doom Three come out? A worryingly long time ago. Really. <laughs> Really, yeah, I got that, the that, tin that box. Had an original for that. Xbox version, didn't it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but then it uh, cu- it come out on the 360, right? Nah, because no. Quake Four was a launch game for 360. Yeah, and came with a perfectly serviceable version of Quake Two. Yeah. What we're doing. Quake Four what come out on the Xbox. Man, I am. I, I my memory is just absolutely shot to shit. <laughs> yeah, so technically, you could say this is even even longer. Uh, wow. Development hell. Okay, so so uh, go for it then. I want to hear what you think of Doom. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even really remember that there was going to be a Doom until, you know, remember the, I wasn't really thinking that about there being a Doom 4 when that being cancelled or redone and people leaving it and stuff like that. That's not, not something that I was ever really thinking about. I just remember when the first trailer hit for the new Doom and they showed some gameplay and it just looked really fast and kind of intense. And I thought, oh, that, that actually looks really interesting. And obviously, I was a huge fan of the originals. The kind of uh, were seminal games for so many people of our age, and yeah, having finished the uh, the the new revamp version or Doom Four or whatever you want to label it, the, in the past week, I mean, it's, as everybody pretty much has said, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, a kind of real pick up my ass for first person shooter campaigns, especially how they so often now become kind of secondary these kind of secondary uh, add-ons to, to a multiplayer, even when they're as big budget and um, sort of bombastic as a Call of Duty campaign, there's still those games have become kind of this formulaic follower, follow an icon thing and get, get through it if you want, but most people don't bother and then jump onto the multiplayer, whereas uh, Doom's somehow managed to, to bring back the kind of old school essence of uh, frantic arena shooting and um, occasional sort of, uh, key card. I don't know how you even describe that type of gameplay. Finding the right color key card for the right door, which used to be more ingrained in game design back in the day than it is these days, and but but made it sort of fantastically modern at the same time. This really sort of kinetic energy the whole time, where you're you're forced to be aggressive, which is the the thing that I like about it most. I mean, every sort of every pixel, every every polygon of the game is sort of dripping in aggression, and like even the the way that you, I think Sean, you talked about this on last week's episode, <laughs> the way that you regain health is by not hiding behind a uh, you know a corner and waiting for some strange health meters to recharge. You have to go and attack if you want health back. You have to go and assault something and jump melee it basically with the, for a glory kill to get health out of it and you just constantly have to be on the offensive and it makes for a very different pace to what we're used to in, um, in games and whether it's a cover shooter like a Gears, you know, not technically an FPS or um, even something like a Halo where we've become so used to the, the kind of in and out type of shooting I guess you'd call it sort of you have a go and then you backtrack, have a go backtrack um, which has its place as well, but it's just it's, it's been fascinating and, and really exciting to play something that intense and you know that relentless, but yet still has its peaks and troughs where it has those moments of quiet where you are doing a bit of exploration around um, very nice looking levels, looking for little secrets and stuff like that, just so you can have a breather before you know eventually you're just going to be in another arena fight. And it's all about the geometry of the um, the room and what 
you know, what challenges they put in front of you in terms of, uh, you know, what enemies they're going to spawn in and then how those can combine with one another. And pretty much from start to finish, I just thought it was, uh, it was kind of immaculate. I think there are still campaigns that are probably, I'd say, are better and maybe hit higher heights. But, you know, as a, as a kind of out of nowhere revamp to, to a classic, I mean, you couldn't really ask for more. So, I mean, one thing I've heard about is that it is pretty challenging, right? Yeah, I mean, I definitely found it hard. There was a couple of bits. I think about the middle of the game, the difficulty ramps up quite a lot. And it asks, without actually being explicit about it, it asks you to start um, using all the weapons in your arsenal at the time and being very selective about which enemy you take out first. But, yeah, it never tells you to do this. So you suddenly have to learn the game systems very quickly. Um, otherwise you're going to get smashed there's this type of enemy that can teleport and also spawn in other enemies and later on in the game whenever you see one of those you'll just pretty much run straight up to it and chainsaw it straight away because you know (laughs) if you don't get rid of that the rest of the things move you're you're never going to get past it because it's going to be spawning enemies it's going to be peppering you it's going to be teleporting and causing all sorts of trouble but there's one point where I think it spawns in three of those I think it's in the sixth level and they start spawning in these big things that chase you down the car like gorillas i can't remember the exact name and i must have died in that 25 30 times and say fucking hell <laughs> i've just come from a dark souls game and this is kicking my ass way more than that ever did but to be fair once i kind of got into the language of what it was asking me to do it was never it was always challenging and always felt like you were fighting by the absolute skin of your teeth and even if you didn't die you were always very close there was never anything that was a cakewalk but it kind of leveled out a little bit for me um, the last boss was tough as well, but um, really good FPS bosses. I think there's only two or three in the game, but um, yeah, very clever, smart, kind of somewhere between skill and action bosses and a little bit of puzzle boss in there as well for, for all of them. So, yeah. See, because that, that was going to be my question. Uh, what, I mean, how does it avoid the frustration thing? Because, I mean, there's always this thing with difficulty in, in games and sort of balancing it against frustration and if if it's too difficult then uh and it's not satisfying enough then you you get that frustration uh sneaking but yeah, well, what does it do to avoid that yeah, i don't think it's afraid to be frustrating um in a way that games have become these days but it's not it's definitely not unfair and like i say that that one part which is a real difficulty spike and i'm sure other people struggle with that one little area um it teaches you a lot about how you need to manage those situations as well. And that sounds like such an accountant way of talking about a game where you're just sprinting around chainsawing things in half and tearing their brains out. But at the same time, you, you, you do have to. It's all about, yeah, sort of crowd and space management while you're yeah. blasting the shit out of everything. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it was never. It's usually frustrating. No more so than games can often be, as the hole in my wall in my family house will attest. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I felt like... Most of the times I died was when it was just these like split seconds of my brain just sort of going like, uh, fuck, uh, what, what do I do next? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, and yeah, once you learn to just like constantly be making decisions, mm. whatever. Well, I'd have a couple of moments where I was perhaps a little bit overconfident with the weapon I had in my hand and what yeah. I presented me. And I was like, okay, I can deal with these. Oh, no. And then, yeah, you're in bits on the floor. Or I didn't realize <laughs> I was on low health when, when yeah. I was. You know, it gives you a little woo woo there to tell you that you are. It's very clever, but so uh, you wrote a article for um, uh, Eurogamer about the multiplayer. Oh yeah, which had an interesting response. Like, now fuck you! <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> like, 
was that one thing that one guy said? I wish I'd, I've got it on my phone somewhere. It's funny because there's, 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 I mean, talking about internet comments has been done a billion times before yeah. and or whatever, but it's just. And yet it still surprises, doesn't it? <laughs> but I, what surprised me about this one was that John's article was, hey, the Doom multiplayer is actually pretty good. <laughs> the response was like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> You know, fucking nothing. Yeah, like if you were to say like the Doom multiplayer was shit, then I'm sure people jump on your back on it. I don't like. I can't. I can kind of understand it. Like I, I wouldn't agree with it, right? But I can kind of understand that. Oh, this person loves this game so much that if they see a negative response to it, they'll get angry. Mm. But, but an article literally saying, "Oh, actually, I've quite enjoyed the, the multiplayer." <laughs> Someone going, "Right, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind." You <laughs> know, what I mean? like that. It's like, I mean, it's all water for ducks back to me. I don't really care about stuff like that. Um, um, but, but yeah, I mean, and trying to kind of analyse where it all comes from in terms of people who will read a third of an article take two seconds to write a comment and just go off about their day and not think about it again. It's not, it's not really worth thinking about too much. But, yeah, it's it's kind of strange that people are that upset. But that's about... that's not really why I brought this up. So, I mean, what is it about the multiplayer that you, that, that you liked? Well, it's kind of difficult to talk about now because I've been playing a different multiplayer game, which is unquestionably better, but I'm, I'm sure we'll <laughs> talk about that later. But, um, yeah, at first I, I did think it was, and like a lot of people in the comments um, explained a kind of poor man's halo yeah, it certainly looks like a little soldiers that you can pick look like Halo soldiers. But then again, the fucking Doom guy looks like the Halo soldier anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of moot. But um, it just ended up, the more I played it, just a really uh, very smooth, very tight uh, arena shooter. And I think it, it seems like people are upset because it's like you know, team-based and it plays a lot of this, uh, you know, domination, deathmatch, uh, an equivalent of kill confirmed. It does a lot of trying to save things you could perhaps say and add some doomy twists to them and you know a couple of very cool game modes but um yeah i mean in terms of yeah it was just a very tight uh, very smooth i mean it did nothing new but you know uh, considering that it was basically yeah you could say it was almost like a tacked on multiplayer like you know it was uh it really just hit the mark very well for for a short amount of time and it was like why well, don't not every multiplayer needs to be something that you play for six months and dedicate your life to and start downloading podcasts about or something it could be something that you just you know the campaign is fantastic there's all this snap map stuff in there as well which i didn't really explore that much but um you know i mean that, that, that's that, that's kind of this uh, amazing addition as well and then just a really tight multiplayer that i'm sure some people will lose a lot of time too but you know what's wrong with just giving it six seven hours and that being you feel as well and it's fun yeah, I felt I felt the same way about the Uncharted Four multiplayer, which I didn't, you know, I haven't mentioned. Um, uh, I mean, it was okay. I I I quite enjoyed some of the ideas that were in it. Um, yeah, and, I had to go on the beta. It's alright. Yeah, it's okay. Like, I mean, it's not something that I'll be playing because I think mm. mainly because um, I haven't got a lot of time, and when I I, I like playing my my favourite multiplayer shooters, you know what I mean. And this isn't ever going to top that. Mm. But I imagine for a sort of uh, a, a, a gamer that doesn't buy every new game that comes out. They've got something there that they can stick with for a little bit. And uh, yeah. and I've seen a lot of people raving about it and, and um, are playing it a lot. So, yeah, I mean, it's always disappointing when you like, go to a multiplayer game on one of these sort of games and go, all oh, right, yeah, this is bollocks, right, gotcha. You know what I mean? And so to see someone actually put half a half amount of effort into it is, uh, is pretty good. Yeah. And I wasn't, as Doom got like a history of, of multiplayer 
stuff to yeah, it. Yeah, for I've, sure. Yeah, Because, yeah, yeah, to be clear, we, we, we were talking with Matt a few weeks ago about gaps in your gaming life, and I think Doom is definitely one, because I went back and I played the original Doom for a little bit on the uh, Xbox One recently, and um, I started the game as I've done a million times before and usually I just tap out after like 10 minutes and go okay you you, you know because I played it so late on mm-hmm. I've played so many other first person shooters and um, but for the, some was... sorry go on for some reason this week it was like I put I put it on and I was like oh right I can see why people like this now this is actually really <laughs> fast paced and when you tear a room apart you actually like it's really satisfying yeah. um so yeah not I could kind of see why, and and to imagine it coming out back then, I can see why it was like such a huge game. Well, it's, it was interesting. Um, the Kane and Rince episode of Doom. Um, you know, at the start of every episode, they'll introduce everyone and they go like, "Right, everyone, talk about your histories with the game." I usually switch off I... within thirty seconds of that program, <laughs> but yeah, go on. Um, I think I, I don't think there was a single one of them were actually just like, yeah, I had a good PC at the time and got it day one and played it and really enjoyed it. They were all like some people came in in like the PlayStation version. Some played on the Saturn. Um, it was like everyone found sort of weird sort of ways into it. And it's like, well, yeah, because at the time, PCs were prohibitively expensive for normal people. Um, so the audience was actually sort of relatively small. But Not um, weird. It's, yeah, but it still it went down of, in history as like this this huge. Yeah, game. it's just sort of slowly sort of fanned out over time. Who's the mug though? Because everyone, you know, looked was looking back on Doom with such uh, such praise and you know good good thoughts while I was playing Exhumed on the Sega Saturn. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so like it's I was just migrate after ten seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those scorpions were spider uh, like enough to freak me out so I don't know why I even played that game um, okay so we've, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Overwatch towards the end but um, uh, the, the other games you've been playing John you've been working through the Dark Souls series yeah first question three, which is kind of yeah, it, not very yeah. timely yeah yeah that's true that's true but but um, first question has to be like what, why did you go back to it because the history I know of you, like you, you tried to play for it a few times. This is the original yeah. Dark Souls, and um, uh, about two years ago, I think it was, you really gave it a good go, uh, and you got all the way to Blighttown, halfway down yeah. Blighttown, and then and then jacked it in, and out of nowhere, you just started playing it again. Like what, what kicked you back into gear? I was always, I, I'd always intended to go back to it after that that go around. I'd had a character that had got to Blighttown. And then um, I went back to it after a year or so and realized that having a greater understanding of these games, having finished Bloodborne. Ah, oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, I went back to my guy who was in, um, yeah, he was in Blighttown and he was like, he was just a complete mess of a character. Just none of it was ever going to help. Like he, was, he had really high skill, but he was using a strength weapon. And it's just like stuff that I could have never have known having, you know, I got the game for review before before it came out in the UK and like so before many people were talking about it online I didn't even think about looking online for, for things like that so um, yeah that character was always going to be a mess but so yeah restarted the game got to Which, that place again with a much set, more sensible character can I, I jump what? in and say that that blew my mind when you said you'd started again from the beginning because I remember that day where you faced the Capra Demon for the first time <laughs> and it was I, I, a very very angry man 
John Denton was about to kill someone that day and uh, until you finally sent me a photo of he was dead, you had the tiniest sliver of life and no Estes flask left. And uh, and you weren't even happy about it. Like yeah, anyone else I'm would be not. like... I've beaten him again since and I'm still not happy about it. <laughs> it's, shit. it's fucking shit. I, don't, I mean, I know how to do it now. I reckon I could probably switch on and do it in five goes easy now, but I still wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy about it. So it's rubbish. <laughs> tree and fucking tree in the way and you can't see what you're doing and then you get stuck in a corner and you've got to go up a ledge i mean it... what weapon were you using well the re- um, did it first time i did it i can't remember second time i couldn't do it for ages and then i got the drake sword and then then it was easier um see because i think time i did it was on new game plus but uh, i was just using whatever sword i had at the end of the end of the game see so. i because i i genuinely think because it only took me a few times capra and I genuinely think it was because I was using like a really long, I was using that huge long axe weapon and it just made taking out the dogs like a piece of piss. And then once they're gone, you, you pretty much home, home and dry, aren't yeah. you? You just run along that little ledge. I didn't even really realise you could block. I mean, I knew you could block, but I never really used it because I wasn't using the right type of shield that um, had enough physical damage or something, especially against the boss. So I just get staggered every single time anybody big hit my shield. So I was like, well, what's the fucking point in using a shield? I've since learned a lot about the game. Yeah, so. it's, like Sean, did you see any of um, John's streams? I watched a bit. I watched, uh, there was one evening you were trying to do uh, Soothless Discharge and Duke of Jam was trying to explain the cheap way of doing it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Which, it, like, even when people tell you, you're just like, no, that's bollocks. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> But it was like, he gave me about sort of, yeah, maybe two thirds of the explanation. So I was like, doing <laughs> what I thought was correct. I was like, this doesn't work. Why are you making me do this? And I just fine. <laughs> but the, the, the funny thing about watching that stream was like, uh, oh, this is a Bloodborne player playing Dark Souls because I, I, I was constantly like, why is your shield on your back all the time? This is insane. Uh, but then he was just like rolling through hit, like, attacks and stuff right, like that. Yeah, after a little while, I got reasonably confident about rolling. I started to understand it, Dark Souls itself a lot more. And yeah, I was like, well, fuck it, I can just roll through this and, and smash everybody up. But it's, yeah, it still, it still took me a while. But once, yeah. To answer your original question, I, I was always going to go back to it. I don't, I don't really know why. Why I decided to set myself this challenge for doing Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2, Bloodborne, and then Dark Souls 3, I'm not so, so sure. But it just felt like something to do. There's a lot of game in it. But, but you haven't yeah, got you know, time for No time. Man's Sky. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> the, the, um, so like now, now Dark Souls 1's behind you, or the original Dark Souls behind you. Like mm-hmm. what do you, what did you, how did you make of it? Because like, I, I genuinely think that there's a thing, it's like Bonds, like J- James Bond. Like The first the first one you experience, it will probably always be your favourite. You know, so Bloodborne was the first Souls game that you pl- completed uh, all the way through. Um, so I'm assuming that you like that one more than the original Dark Souls, but how did you... Yeah, I mean, there's definitely elements of, of Dark Souls that I like more than Bloodborne. I like, you know, the, the, it's the classic things that people talk about, and I would never pretend to be an expert, but, um, you know, the different builds and the fact that you can go through it again and play it in a completely different way, which you can't really do with Bloodborne. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the, the setting and the style and the story of Bloodborne is always going to appeal to me more than, than Dark Souls, even though Dark Souls is actually leans way more on mythology than I ever realised. It's far less on like Tolkien fantasy, which is what it says at the beginning. I'm still going to be more interested in this real weird, fucked up 
cosmological horror. Even though I don't know anything about Lovecraft, I tend to be some sort of expert. Anything I never read anything. I didn't even do English A level. But <laughs> yeah, the um, yeah, the story, the, the, everything about that game, I, I, it just just really spoke to me, and I, that's kind of what drew me in in the first place. And I was way more patient with it because I just really really liked the setting, and I had no idea what the you know the story was going to end up being. But yeah, I think that I mean that definitely still is my favourite, and it doesn't have anything like the Capra Demon. It doesn't have anything like the uh, Bed of Chaos. It doesn't have anything like the Archers in Anor Londo. I mean, there were times where I can actually see Misaguchi's face. Misaguchi, Miyazaki, sorry, um, it's late, and I could just see his like little round face just laughing at me as I was just getting funked by those Archers. Every time. I was like, why, 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 why would we do this? Why was this a thing that we're doing? And I was talking to myself, but I still did. The one that fucking did it. And well, then Smo and Ornstein. It's just like, okay. Right. I guess this is what gaming is now. I guess this is a thing that people do. But then yeah, still managed to beat that. But my, I really liked it, yeah. <laughs> you were like, um uh yeah, Ornstein and Smo just um uh I still have unfinished business with those two because I summoned some very experienced well i assume they were very experienced they seemed to know what they were doing and um although i was getting hits in it was i felt like i didn't have enough to claim victory so yeah, I there's still part of me that's like i need to go back and, and fuck them up at some point um but i don't know i don't know if i ever will um nice okay all right well i, I there's a game that uh, i've been playing this week that i've been absolutely desperate to talk about um, so I'm going to do that now. Uh, the game's called Inks, and it's on iOS at the moment. I, I'm not sure if there's an Android version or, or anything else. But um, Shall we just do the thing where I check and I go, no, it's not on Android? Yeah, go on. Um, right, so it's uh, it's uh, £1.50, and it is... Uh, to- I mean, buy it straight away because it's uh, amazing. But the, the concept is is utterly genius, and it? like, it's so exciting to talk about. So it's a pinball game. Uh, but you you haven't like you're not really playing on a table you're playing on a canvas like the table is a canvas um, and the aim of the game is to there are various different uh, ink splodges around like the edges of the table or uh, bits of the table you've got to hit them with your pinball and they explode and they explode ink different coloured ink all over the canvas then when your ball rolls through it it sort of drags the the ink down and and sort of forms lines where your ball's been and stuff like that which eventually runs out and you go back to a clean ball and stuff like that so the whole idea is that okay the the main game is to hit the ink splodges and once they've all done you finish that table and you can move on but the the, the end result is quite nice art on your like you could take an instant screenshot so it's uh you get these at the top of the table you tend to get these big splodges of ink and then wherever your balls traveled and gone through this ink it's sort of you can see these lines coming back from down from the flippers and stuff like that um and it's like yeah at the end the end product is actually quite a pretty neat looking um bit of art i suppose you'd call it um but where the genius comes in is uh so you get obviously like all you do like you always do with these games um there's a rating system so you complete a table and then you can go back and see what what score you got um but it's not done in points and or how quickly you do things it's done in so if you've if you did it with one ball you get a gold if the ball goes down the next ball that pops up is a silver ball and that's your rating if you if you finish it with that silver ball then a bronze ball but if you fuck up three times the next ball that comes in is a black ball with 
infinite black ink wrapped around it. So you essentially create your piece of art. And if you're not very good at the game, you completely ruin it by drawing black lines all over it. <laughs> and it, it, the first time that happened, I was like, that is such a simple idea. And like, that's fucking genius, man. Like, it, it's so good. You you get all excited about this big colourful mess that you put on the canvas. And then you're scribbling it out. You're literally scribbling it out because you're not you're not good at the game. Um, so by the end of it, sometimes you'll just have big, like, black lines all over this just canvas. And then other times you've got, like, really beautiful bits of art that you can, you know, instantly take, take a screenshot of and, and, and tweet and stuff. And... Um, it hasn't really got a lot of longevity. You get about, uh, I've not completed it yet. There's, there's a hell of a lot of tables, but about two thirds of the way through, you're kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of done with this now. Uh, some of the tables get extremely hard as well. Really challenging. Um, and, uh, but it doesn't matter because it's a pound 50 and it's not trying to get more money out of you. It's not like, Oh, I'll get new colors of ink for a pound. Um, it's, just that's the game and play it and enjoy it um the only other problem i had that there was a few performance issues with like frame rates and stuff and sometimes the ball would clip through the flipper not never in a bad way never to the point where you'd lose the ball but sometimes the ball will flip below the uh the the, the ball will go below the flipper and then suddenly like magically appear in, in, on top of it and stuff um but real minor gripes like um i i've i text uh james farley about this last week and we've literally just been text messaging little photos of our tables like um it's it, it honestly i can't recommend it enough like it's not going to keep you entertained for hours and hours and hours but for the amount of money you're going to pay for it you're really gonna i i think you'll really like it so um yeah inks is called all in capitals is it on android is it fuck <laughs> is there anything called inks on there no oh that's a shame because <laughs> last week your, dis- your discovery of her story was absolutely yeah. incredible <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately we can't relive that classic yeah but yeah, yeah definitely pick it up it's well good it's one of the best uh iphone games i've played in years like literally years i uh, can't mr crab 2 apart from mr crab 2 yeah forgot about that one it's a resurgence they're coming back iphone is back <laughs> with more games that's good isn't it um yeah so i mean i'm done with inks now and i'll probably go back to uh um freeze is it my go yeah you could talk about what games you've been playing thanks sure why not Uh, I've been playing Hitman again Um, because the well by the time you hear this the new episode will be out Um, what's the what's the theme of the new one the new one is in Marrakesh and how Um, delayed is it to what they originally said is it pretty much on time this time it's on time I think as far as I'm aware I I didn't even know it was coming out this soon I just saw tweets about it today I was like oh fuck um, but yeah, uh, this weekend there was a new uh, elusive target. Um, I can't remember if we've talked about these on the show before. Yeah, but... we kind of have, but the, uh, they're, they're the single, it's like a single chance to do it, right? Basically, yeah, every so often they'll just announce, right, a new target has appeared in this map or whatever, and you've got 48 hours to do it, and you only get one go. You can, as long as, you, basically, if you kill the target or you die, then that's it. You can't retry it. So I think a lot of people are being jerks and basically just going on the map and just observing for hours and then figuring out sort of funny things to do and then like restarting and doing them. Um, whereas I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. The first one they did the other week, I blew myself up 
This time I banned myself from taking any mines with me so that I couldn't blow myself up. Uh, instead, uh, panicked and got into a massive shootout and died. I did kill the target this time, though, so that was... So does that count as a victory? Like, you no, killed the target, but no, you died? I died, so they just, it just goes down as a failure. And basically, the idea is that by the end of the season, or whatever they call it, um, when, when Hitman is finished, um, you'll have this record of like how each um, elusive target went for you. Um, so I've just got two failures to my name so far. But I don't really mind failing it so much because like obviously the whole point is the you know the capacity to fail it <laughs> and that's what makes it tense and fun so i don't really care too much it'd be nice to actually do one properly next but you just panic like fuck here's one um, thing because it, it, it keeps track of your um your streak right so like yeah. it will say oh you've you've killed you know you've completed the mission three times in a row or whatever and mm-hmm. um, does that completely do you, does that completely drop if you're unable to do one that like you say you missed out on one of them because oh, right, you're on okay. holiday uh, or whatever? I have no idea. I don't know what happens if you miss one. I don't know if it just goes down as a failure or not attempted or what. I don't know. That'd be such a pain in the ass if it just. I mean, I kind of understand it, but it would be a bit of a pain in the ass if it's like, yeah, no, you've Good. got a life. Fuck you. You yeah, yeah, <laughs> you miss yeah. out on How this dare one. You go on holiday. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, great. Some, someone will know, but I'm, I'm not going to intentionally not try one of them to find out. So, um, but I've also done so in each of the maps. Uh, they do this thing called the escalation missions, which I hadn't tried before. Um, and I've, yeah, I did the escalation missions on Sapienza, which is the second big level they released. Um, really good. Like it starts out, it's basically as the name implies, it's just it's a series of five missions where they're more or less the same, but it just starts putting more and more. Uh, conditions on it so first off it's just like kill this guy in like while wearing this costume and you do it and you're like that was easy and then it's like right kill this guy and someone else using this costume fine okay kill these two guys and make sure none of the bodies get found and don't get spotted fine kill these two guys and don't get spotted and use a melee weapon in order to do it fine kill these guys and don't get spotted and hide the bodies and use a knife and there are laser trip wires planted around at random (laughs) And it's it's proper good. Um, it's really good fun. Uh, like, like if you if you'd just been presented with the final one straight away, ah, oh, fuck, this is too hard. But it's just a really nice way of sort of building it up. And and you know when it adds like the second guy, you sort of think, well, I've seen him hanging around, so that'll be quite easy. But then as you go to kill him, someone else is walking by, and you're like, fuck, this doesn't. The timing doesn't quite work, and you sort of thinking on the fly a bit. And it's yeah, really good. Hmm. And the, and doing the I did um, uh, so you know people can create their own hits and put them online, and the the developers are like showcasing some of the best ones, and someone had done this one that was the, the explanation was like in sort of broken English and it was basically there's like four guys who've been uh, committing cruel acts on animals, so you're this like organization like it's animal rights organization so you've got to kill them all. And and basically, it was like uh, the conditions were like you got to do it all with this sniper rifle, and you've got to wear this uh, what it called the bohemian outfit. And I found that, and it's basically just this uh, like stoner hippie. You have to break into his flat, kill him, take his clothes, and then like shoot like one of the one of the people you have to kill is this cyclist who's been knocked off his bike, and he's already like dying by the side of the road, and you just snipe him in the face. <laughs> nice, <laughs> John. Have you have you ever been into um? Uh, Hitman. 
Mm, not really. Not really. I played. Um, I played two, and I played some Blood Money, and uh, yeah, like one level of Absolution. I think that was on um, like PlayStation Plus for a while, forever. Mm-hmm. I think actually. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not the games themselves. It's just, it's just me. I, I'm. I want to be able to do it perfectly, but I'm not prepared to put in the work that that requires. It's like, why can't I do this the first time? And that's completely antithetical to what the game is supposed to be. Yeah. But I just don't have the pay. Basically, I just don't have the patience. Uh, to be able to do it properly. Um, actually, I played all of Contract as well, thinking about it. Yeah, I remember yeah. you talking about Contract. Yeah, I mean, this was years and years ago, obviously. But I remember in that game, the stealth, um, like the parameters, the stealth parameters were really uh, woolly. I mean, God, who cares about talking about this game, but I'll do it anyway. So I remember you couldn't, you never knew for sure if you were going to get spotted or not, and I found that frustrating. And um, I remember maybe something was like that in Blood Money as well. But uh, I have been intrigued by this this new one I kind of like the structure of it and the fact that you don't have to shell out and this is a massive game that I'm going to have to sit there for hours and hours to finish I can just kind of do it in bite-sized chunks it just happens to have come out I think sort of coincided with a bunch of other games obviously I was doing the Souls games and we were playing The, the Division and now uh, Overwatch has come out and Doom so I just haven't really had the, the time to to go and put some money into that but I am kind of interested in it but I worry that I'll wait so long that it will just end up being the same as any other full price game which is great but I won't have the time to do it yeah like that I, I, I mean some of the ideas coming from this is just just fantastic and I, I genuinely think that um it's kind of inspired by what um Metal Gear Solid did with uh Ground Zeroes was it Ground Zeroes uh, yeah. Where they just released like that one mission. Yeah. That must have been part of the original concept of the, the guy the, the, taking this episodic, right? I mean, it was. Um, ne- I've it... no idea. I mean, it's hard to say because obviously being cynical about it, like you can, Jeezy's <laughs> just be like, well, it's just a fucking cash flow thing, isn't it? Like, let's just <laughs> let's just charge for the game in bits and make it in bits and re- and resell that. But then they've they've done so many sort of intentionally smart things with it. Um, that 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 is that now seems quite unlikely um that it was a, a cynical move um like yeah with the way like I say i know a lot of people are still saying oh i'm just going to wait till it's finished and then buy it and it's like well you can do that but you're missing out and you're not gonna you're not gonna rinse it um the way you you, you totally could like people saying oh you know i like i like playing hitman games because i just it's just cool because it's like every level's in a different country and i just like flying through it and and that's fine. Um, just you're going to miss out on tons of stuff. Hmm. It's just, I, I can't imagine that this. I don't know. Is there ever like a is there a plot that runs through each episode or like is there, there like is, a story arc? Um. I mean, it's interesting because it reminds me a bit of uh fuck. What's it called? I think it's called Punch Drunk. It's a experimental theater thing. Uh, Matt Lee's talked about it on um uh, regular features. Uh, ages ago and it's like it's this theater thing where you just go in this building and all like all the audience are just in in the building with all the actors and you all wear masks and like and the the play just happens and you're basically you can just sort of wander around and you can sort of you can completely miss um what the story is by just sort of wandering about and not really piecing it together but if you're at the right place at the right time you see certain things unfold and i've done that i've done together. one of those have you? Yeah, I went to. It was called Office Party, and it was okay. literally as you walked in, the moment you walked into the the sort of I suppose I suppose you describe it as the theatre. It wasn't a theatre; it was a block of offices. Yeah. Um, 
they greeted you and said, oh, come on, can I have your name? Okay, there's your name badge. Uh, what department do you work in? And all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they show you these new offices. And what we didn't know is that we were split up into teams. Like, the audience was split up into teams. Right. Some some bits, uh, some of the audience members had actors within them. So, like, uh, you didn't know because everyone was strangers and stuff. And uh, what we didn't know is that some of the teams were being told that they were being made redundant and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and uh, some of them were told they were getting pay rises and stuff. And then you just entered a normal office party and shit was just happening everywhere. Um, like, you know, there was fights going on and it was just really bizarre, but really like, I mean, it was one of those experiences. I think it could have been better, but like, it, I'll never forget it because it was just so bizarre. Like, it was so weird. Like, watching all sorts of shit going on at this office party. But yeah, yeah the idea well, behind it was cracking. Well, playing Hitman feels a bit like that. In the, <laughs> like, you're just sort of cutting about, killing people, getting disguises, going into new areas and stuff. And there's just, you hear these bits of conversations, which are definitely put there on purpose for you to listen to. It's not, you know, it's not just idle NPC chat. Like, there's events happening. Um, so I think if you were to actually start writing things down and sort of sketching things out, like there is a story there, um, but you just sort of you just pick up bits of it. And so far, I've pieced basically none of it together. I mean, there's a like at the end of each mission, there's a little cutscene where basically there's this other assassin who's presumably out to get you, um, which again at the moment still doesn't really make any sense. But yeah, I think if you were to bother to delve into all these weird little conversations that are ongoing, then there's probably something really interesting there. Does it still have the newspapers at the end of the mission? It doesn't, you? which is a shame, because they were really cool. Yeah, one of my first memories of being a games journalist, my first ever trip was to IO, uh, like mm. five or six days into the job in 2005. <laughs> Amazing office, it's like cylindrical office in on the, the whatever the hell river it is, in Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say the name of the river, and I wasn't even too sure if that was right, so I'll just pretend that I didn't say that. Anyway... <laughs> So we sat through the presentation of Blood Money and it was all it was all kind of interesting and we went on a tour of the office and there was a guy, his job, his, his sole job on Blood Money was to do those newspapers and create the algorithms for how it all works and he just sat in his own office covered in newspapers, it was like a fucking psychopath's office, just chain smoking cigarettes and he had like this long <laughs> straggly blonde hair and this like slightly dirty shirt, he was fucking amazing. And yeah, I'd forgotten about him until he just started talking about Hitman, so yeah, I don't, I, I, if that guy was still alive I'd be amazed. <laughs> that's why they ditch the newspapers it's like, that's right. out of respect <laughs> like retiring a number in a football team yeah. um, okay alright well there's the game that we come out this week that we obviously need to talk about mm-hmm. uh, which based on the beta I was absolutely not going to pick up because as we spoke about it before you know I wasn't that into it but it was uh, Overwatch come out um, wasn't going to pick it up until John has this way of uh, turning into peer pressure, John, when he wants you to buy a game. And... Really? <laughs> what, what do you mean, really? Yes. <laughs> you must have sent me about 40 messages about going how you didn't understand my life because I wasn't <laughs> just going out and buying Overwatch. This is terrible. What's that? Well, you were like, oh, they don't have any CEX. So I was like, well, okay, well, they've got some in Epsom. And I don't, I'm not a psycho for finding that out. It took me like four seconds on my phone. <laughs> I went, game, Sutton. And it was like, it was one in Epsom. I was like, he's been there before because I remember him talking about it. Checked on the map four, four and a half miles away. <laughs> I had to fly away from Right, okay, this is where you go to Psycho. 
is all of this took less than a minute. And I was like, well, that's as far away from his house as the CEX is from my house. So, I mean, it's Saturday, but you can go there. This was early in the morning. It was like 10 in the morning. And you were like, hey, nobody got time for that. So, <laughs> that far. And then you send me a text message like an hour later that you built a bed. And you're like, Bosh, look, I've been doing this as if you're some sort of legend. <laughs> If you told me I can't go, Matt, I'm actually building a bed. I was being like, "Oh God, you sound way too busy. I'll just leave you alone." Because like, hey, nobody got time for a four a four mile car journey on a weekend. So no, you can't blame me. I suppose I've got. A, I suppose to explain, Epsom's a fucking pain in the ass to get to anyway. Like, but, but, but uh, this is so pointless and boring. But it wasn't just that. I mean, it was like what happens, right? Is that we've got this group of people that play games together, and when we play multiplayer shooters together it's fucking brilliant when everyone's in it's fucking genuinely brilliant i mean we've had the the build-up uh to rainbow six was just fantastic the fact that it was only only john and i played it and then about two months after it come out i think it was um chet decided he wanted it and then that when chet's in a lot of his friends are in as well and all of a sudden we were playing full five player yeah. games against like other teams and stuff like that pretty much every night for a couple of months you know it was it was intense but it was so, i mean it was so good like we yeah. were we were proper into it um and i suppose when you've got that group of friends that all play together and like you just want everyone to pick it up like pick it up because then we can all play together uh but yeah yes yeah, so, i mean the, the last game that happened with was uh, uh the division do you, remember, do you remember the messages going back and forth about the division? It was pretty much exactly the same thing. Yeah, Why don't you just fucking bite, you twat? <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, I managed to get out and uh, and, and pick it up on Saturday. And, uh, yeah. I, my point. That first, that, first, um, that first night we played it, I was thinking, yeah, this confirms everything that I felt with the beta. This is just, I'm not really into this. Uh, and then yesterday I come home from the playoff final. Uh, we we lost, um, and I was I mean I was half cut, but I was still I was still able to play. Uh, and I stuck it on, and yet things changed a lot. Actually, I I really really enjoyed last night's session. In the end, um, and I don't know what I don't know how or why that changed. I think it was just maybe because I was doing better. And it made but me. That's f- often the way, isn't it? Like, yeah. Being smashed every game doesn't matter how good the game is. You're gonna hate it. Yeah, it's true. But like, so, all right, let's start with you, Sean, because I mean, you've you've been uh, banging to this since the beta, haven't you? Since you yeah. first played it. So, uh, how you how do you find the full release? And is it? Um, well, it's living the up same to... thing, isn't it? Like I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's not beta, much like, to it, like... is there? Really? Yeah. Like I, I didn't realize the beta basically had everything. It's in the full game, which is very generous of them. Um, but it's a bit annoying to then have to shell out 45 quid to just carry on playing the beta. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're adding this weird uh, sort of ranked competitive mode at some point. Um, there's that other mode that you can play. I forget what it's called, where there's like a weird modifier yeah, on it. Brawl or something. Loosely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not really messed with that yet. From what I can tell from the description, it's just like everything dialed up a bit. Yeah, this uh, I've read it's everyone's got double health, but half cooldown times. Right. But, uh, we had one game on it, and it was like, well, this is just like a worse version of yeah. the other. So let's just play that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I'm still properly enjoying it. Yeah, I like yeah. the sun. Hasn't it got one mode where where it just gives you a random character to play as? 
that was in the beta. I think they're going to roll mm. like the brawl or whatever it's called. The this the one that's currently arcade is going to roll through different permutations week on week. It's a different thing to do. I I, th- I that's kind of a mistake that they haven't done that straight well, away. Come back, I'm sure. Yeah, I, it will come back. But I mean, in the first week, you want people to be trying out new heroes, right? But the whole idea is that you need a a huge group of heroes to sort of build up an understanding of. Um, and I think the first week, that would have been perfect for that. Yeah, you're probably right. But maybe uh, that's what they used the beta for. Yeah, 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 I suppose. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think my main, the main thing that made it click a little bit more... So, so I started uh, with the guy who's basically a Call of Duty character. Yeah. Well, so I can't remember his name. Some seventy-six. Yeah, and he's. Uh, what I like about him is that it is a, a constant gut punch. To I don't know if you've picked up on this as well, but it is a co- constantly taking the piss out of those types of shooters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, because every time, like, he's just got. Oh, I'm too old for this. This is all. This is all tiresome. Like, he's an old man. Like, he's dated and he's done with what he's been doing over and over and over again. Uh, and that felt just like a slight little jab to those games. I thought yeah. that was quite funny. Um, but that was my in. That was my key. Because, all right, okay, I know how this sort of thing controls. I know what I should be doing with this character. Fair enough. I, I get it. Um, but then I started mixing it up a little bit. And I, I, I mean... I, the only one of the only characters that I really liked in the beta was um, Diva or yeah. Diva, whatever. Um, and I j- just really, after spending my time with this other character and going back to her, I was like, okay, fuck, man, I can really do a lot of damage on this, but only in certain situations. Uh, usually when I'm defending rather than attacking, and also in close quarter combat rather than more, the more open areas. So yeah. so then my mind started going, okay, this is a more open one. Diva's getting absolutely caned by everyone. Let me try this character. And then that sort of started expanding out. And now I've got sort of, I've got one in every class at the moment that I can switch to. Um, uh, but, but but I feel that there's still a lot more characters that I want to try out. Um, and because I was understanding the characters more, I was understanding the game a lot more. And nothing felt uh, as cheap as it did in that beta. Like I, 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 there, there are moments like there's still like characters like Bastion where I, I, I kind of think, I don't know how I'm going to take uh, this one down. I, I, I still haven't like cracked that yet on how to completely ruin Bastion. And when I play as Bastion or whatever, I get taken out in seconds. Uh, so there's part, although that's frustrating to start with. Now that I understand the game a little bit more, I'm kind of like, well, there's definitely a way. There's definitely a reason why I'm getting taken out so quickly, and these guys, when I'm fighting him, he's not. You know what I mean? It's taken an age to take him out. Uh, See, so yeah, kind of feeling it a lot more now, and I, ju- I just <laughs> want to spend a lot of time with it to understand everyone and and be able to. The most important thing I think is being able to switch heroes like throughout the game. Like you die, you can switch heroes. That makes so much sense. Because yeah. it's kind of like, okay, I'm up against this. Right, let's switch. Uh, and I think you said in our, our group, uh, it feels a lot like uh, Destiny, where you know, you'll know you come across an enemy and you're kind of like, okay, right, I need to switch to this weapon because they've got those shields, so I need to react to that. Or, uh, okay, my special is not good for this situation. I need to switch to a subclass and yeah. stuff like that. It feels a little bit like that, you know? And it's incredibly satisfying when you're having you know, maybe six, seven minutes into a match and things aren't perhaps going your way, or it's kind of a stalemate, and you make a conscious decision, okay, I'm going to switch from 
say, uh, you know, an attacking guy like a Soldier 76 to, or Tracy, who's the girl from the, the front cover who's super fast, to uh, like a healer, like um, Guy Lucio, the guy with the dreadlocks, which is uh, one example I'm just thinking of that happened uh, last night. So I switched it out and started healing everybody up and speeding everybody. And you could feel like the shift in, in, in you know, the title of the match started to go our way. And a couple of other people changed and their, their characters were sort of better suited for the job. And you're in constant communication as well. So that kind of adapting on the fly and then when that works is incredibly satisfying. It's as satisfying as, you know, a clean headshot with a, with a sniper or something like that. Perhaps even more so just because there's that, you know, the camaraderie of actually working out together very, very quickly. And, you're, and on other times you try that and it goes horribly wrong. But uh, I didn't realize when I was playing the beta how... I didn't quite understand the depth of the game. I didn't quite understand the game at all, to be honest. And I was just, I think it was a particularly rough beta for for me in terms of how often I was getting killed. People seemed to really understand the game in a way that I didn't at all. They did seem, the people I was playing seemed to have a, a, a real grip on it straight away. And when I first played the retail version, which was a few days after it came out, um, me and a buddy played for about four hours on Friday night and we had maybe eight wins, two losses or something like that. So it was a really good run. And that helped me understand the matchup, you know, really start to get my head around what the game is and how it works and how much more varied and interesting and um, sort of complex it is over most shooters, and but still incredibly accessible. So then I spent a large chunk of Saturday whenever I had a free five minutes studying some uh, the guides, like some of the guys on YouTube of how the characters mm. work, and they there's there's someone on YouTube that do a really good job of explaining. Okay, well, if you're going to use this character, this is how you use it against this character, and it makes it sound uh, perhaps more complicated than it is because I think it still is fairly easy to pick up. But I think if you dive into a match with people who are reasonably experienced, you'll suffer. But it doesn't take too long to kind of pick up the slack, and I think the fact there's no there is leveling up, but there's no like unlocks in terms of new guns. It's not like a, you know you're not being outmatched or outleveled or anything like that. So if you do have you do pick it up late, or you know you can't play as much as other people, you won't necessarily be left behind. Only you'll only be left behind by the fact you might not be a skill just through lack of experience. But it's not like a game like the recent example is the division where you know we all bought uh, us and some buddies bought it on the same day, played together on that first night, and then. You know they have different life situations, so they sped through and um, you know got to a much higher level very quickly. And then we just literally couldn't play with them again. Like we played that game for fifty odd hours, and we just never ever played with those friends ever again. So it's nice to be able to have a game that you know you're always going to be able to jump on with people, even if they put in another fifty hours on top of you. You can jump in, and you you're playing with the same set of tools as as everyone else. See that? I mean, that's definitely a strength. But I I also feel that it's somewhat of a weakness as well because mm. I do miss working towards something yeah. as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the, uh, what will likely happen for me is I'll be really, really into a player to death for however long it might be. It might be a week, it might be two months, it might be longer, and then something will click and I'll just be like, why am I doing this? And I'll stop playing it. And that's happened with every single multiplayer shooter that I can ever think of oh, forever. So, ever since Halo 2 was the first one I really played. So I'm sure that will happen again. And the fact that there isn't something that you're working towards an unlock or a new weapon or a new piece of kit. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the kind of the yang and the yin or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, like I, when we were talking, I was on um, Kane and Rince this week and we were talking about Titanfall and it just reminded me a lot of uh, uh, prestiging in that game or regening or whatever they, they called it. Um, and 
the the whole idea of uh, going through those challenges, for example, were, was enough to keep me playing for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, I, I I mean, I still enjoyed enjoyed Titanfall. That's fine, but because I had those challenges to work towards, that kept me going back. And mm-hmm. uh, every time I booted that game, I was like, right, what challenges have I got to do this week? Um, so I'd like to see something like that in Overwatch. It's not there at the moment. Maybe it's something they're thinking about, or they might add later down the line. Yeah, I'd definitely like to see some challenges, just even if it's for something to do, and if they just before they give you an XP or a little bit of in-game currency or something, then yeah, just to kind of add an extra layer on it. Yeah, yeah, it's weird because like, I've been playing a bit of Hearthstone again, and if they just implemented some of the stuff from that, which they say, it's, yeah, it's just you know daily challenges and mm. um, weird little unlocks and stuff, I'd be fine. Yeah, maybe maybe that's like part of their. Maybe they've got like a calendar of what they're going to release. Yeah. and they, they want to stagger it or something. I guess. Yeah, it'd be nice if it was expanded on. Um, uh, yeah, but, but, I mean the, the the interesting thing for me was when you sent me that text message the first night you played it and said, "Oh, I realise that I just didn't know the 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 game now." Was there one specific thing where where you just thought, "Oh, that's what it's about"? Like, what was it that you didn't understand that now you do? Um, it's kind of difficult to pinpoint anything specifically, but I think a combination of reading a couple of reviews and the fact that they were just consistently from all different sources, all different types of people, you know, this like constant 10 out of 10, 9.5 out of 10 gold rated or whatever the scoring system might be. It was just like one after another. It was like, okay, well, it can't just be, there must be something else there that I'm, that I'm missing that I've not really noticed. I've not really paid attention to. And I think, yeah, it didn't even take long. I think I kind of went in with an, a bit of a different mindset. Uh, at first, I really didn't like the aesthetic when I first um, when I first tried it, and I thought maybe people were being a bit too kind to it because um, it was Blizzard, and that's just kind of me just being a bit a bit cynical and jaded, perhaps. <laughs> and the fact that I was bottom line, if I'm being real, uh, in the beta, I just kept getting killed, and I couldn't get any kills. So I was like, this game is bad. It's not me that's bad. The game is bad. But um, yeah, the fact that in the first three or four games that I played in the final version, it was the other way around. I was getting like 13 kills, two deaths. So you go in with a much more open mind straight away. You're not like, oh, the game's broken, the connection's broken, this blah, blah, blah. Uh, I can't pinpoint exactly what, what happened. I just think those those kind of nice early matches allowed me to, to gain an appreciation of how the game actually worked in terms of those character matchups and how important it was to, to quickly learn even the basics of all 21 characters in the game, just so you can understand what's coming at you as well as what's on your team. Mm. And then realizing that, okay, there's quite a lot of depth here and quite a lot of fun stuff to study that, um, yeah, I think it just, yeah, quickly turned me around. But I think it was within one or two matches, to be honest, that it was just having such a riot. I think the, the real success of it for me is that if you are not particularly good at first-person shooters, or if you if you're put off by that, you know, like you say the sort of kill-to-death element mm. of it, there are characters you can play as where that's not so much of a focus. Like, there are, like some of the support characters are really interesting. I've started playing as Symmetra quite a lot. Which one, Symmetra? She's the one who she can create those like little mini turrets, and she can give people shields. And her ultimate is to just put down a teleporter for your team. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Who was and, doing that? Was that Zeno? Was um, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, um, but yeah, like the the impact you can have playing as her, and you don't have to shoot anyone <laughs> if you're just smart about where you place things and and how you sort of use the map and the sort of the way the enemy teams coming at you and sort of observing that and sort of figuring out which you know which routes they're using and stuff. 
um just planning around that and having this amazing impact on the team like you'll never you'll never get the play of the game thing at the end but like usually like all of your team will upvote you because you can just totally like hold the line and help everyone else do the same yeah so at the end of at the end of each round it 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 gives like a um play of the game thing where it, it it sort of just shows yeah it just shows you the best moment and it's not always accurate but it it, it does throw up some good stuff like um, it is usually just someone using their ultimate and killing a load of people in one go but what um it what it also does is uh picks four people who did something special and puts puts their cards up uh on the on the screen and then you get to vote who you want to vote for. It's kind of broken because um, it's usually three from the winning team and one from the losing team. And of course, mm. all of the losing team votes for that one in their <laughs> ring, which completely wipes out the winning team's uh, members. But uh, like maybe it should just be one of each one, I guess. No, that still doesn't work. What I don't that, know. Do we know what that actually awards? Actually, I was going to, there's two questions I've got for you, Sean, because yeah. I think you probably know more about the game. Does that award, is it an XP bonus? That award? I think it's just an XP bonus, yeah. And what the hell is the on-fire mechanic? Don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all I know is, yeah, like when you do stuff, it comes up, doesn't it? Like, you know, yeah. uh, uh, like a little number with a little flame next to it. And then that charges up and like it reaches a certain point and your character says something usually. Yeah, I just didn't know if it had a gameplay impact or if it was, again, just, uh, you know, XP boost or even if it was just nothing. Yeah, because no you, you played one recently where it said um, you because you, you were in the winner's circle at the end. And it said that you spent seventy percent of the game on fire or something. Yeah. Uh, okay. I didn't even know that was possible because mine's always been pretty much zero. <laughs> yeah, I think it's when I played maybe as a healing character or something like that. And once, yeah, you, ah, okay. I can play as where I don't die very often, but I also don't get into that many firefights. Yeah, uh, I've just looked it up. Basically, when you're on fire, uh, the enemy team is alerted to it. <laughs> So basically, that it's the game's way of going like, oi, this one person is ah, kicked okay. ass, deal with them. Okay. So it's kind of a bad thing. <laughs> You've got a price on your head. No, I, the, the, yeah. talking about the healers, the, um, that, that dude, the yoga dude is, is my guy. <laughs> he's, oh, I, yeah, he, I mean, he was, the, the one, one or two rounds I played with him, I was like, this is, uh, so much fun and what is super is just incredible it just makes me laugh every time because he just glows what's it called that ultimate tranquility or something yeah transcendent i don't know yeah. that's it yeah yeah and he, it's just the way he just floats about with his legs crossed yeah. and glowing <laughs> bright yellow <laughs> lighting everyone up is just uh enough to make it just cracked me up the first time it happened uh yeah. and i was like yeah that's my dude now that's my healer what's uh, really impressive is i can't think of a character that's like everybody thinks is a duffer like almost mm. every single character everybody's like oh yeah they do this or i can't think of any there's some i'm not very good at and some that i think might be useless but like i've never i've never got with uh diva i haven't you know, i thought she had like two pea shooters i didn't understand her at all i only had a few goes and you're you know you're raving about and oh, I, diva, I diva is good like i I'd lasted a, a, a whole round with her the other night without dying and it's just yeah she's my my main as well at the moment yeah there you go yeah yeah, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Because I've I've noticed that a few times where someone would go, "Oh, that character's crap." I hate mm. usually the bow and arrow guy. Oh, yeah. that that bow and arrow guy's crap. You can't do shit with it. And then and then you, I think it was Blizzard that said, "Yeah, we're gonna have to tone that character down. He's a little bit overpowered." You're like what? <laughs> oh yeah, Andy swears. Devastates you, that guy. 
Yeah, it's mad. Um, I mean, there's there's people I'm not going to play as just because I don't like the look of them. Like they just annoy me a bit. Like <laughs> like who? Like like Junkrat, um, Lucio, fucking annoys me. Um, but then I know people like uh, you know friend of mine who like uh, Lucio's is fucking main. He loves it. So. See, I'm yeah, not at this. Exactly. I'm not at this stage yeah. yet. What would like well, you've got? A, <laughs> what's the generic attribute that you could describe Lucio as? He's he's all about um, speed buffs and stuff, isn't he? Yeah, but what's he look like? And that? black guy dreadlocks. Oh right, okay. You did, the, Are you gently leaning into calling me a racist, David? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Paranoia over here. Look, it's like having Shane Sean... out in front of it. It's it's like having James Farley back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> We've also understood that Dave only knows the name of one of the people in Overwatch. <laughs> uh, Diva. The other, <laughs> the legs cross man, uh, and that soldier guy, uh... <laughs> the toned down sexy one. The uh, going back to Soldier Seventy Six, um, I think That's it's interesting. Like you say, I think he's obviously he's very much there on purpose as like to just to get people into the game a bit. Mm-hmm. Like just to, he's a good first character to just show to people. Like, you know, say for example, you've only ever played Call of Duty. You be like, look, it's a man with a gun. You know this. He can sprint. <laughs> like it's fine. Um, and you know he's got his healing thing and he's got his his visor and just lets you hold the fire button and laugh. Um, but yeah, I think he's although they do sort of take the piss and be like, look, he is just a normal boring soldier. Like he he serves an important purpose and that he's just a good way into people who are not necessarily like you know they might have played shooters but they're not really down with the whole um, abilities yeah. stuff. But then sure. you know destiny happens. So I think. Yeah, that yeah, that's kind of had a bit more faith, but yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, there's a reason why he was the tutorial character, you know. Exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, makes sense. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about Overwatch a lot next week, um, because I still need to wrap my head around it. I've put maybe about three or four hours into it, so there's a lot more, uh, a lot more games to be had of that, uh, and I'm interested to see how much of it clicks. And of course, how many people abuse it? Uh, <laughs> you know? yeah, like um, John said, there's there's tons of really good tutorials on YouTube. Um, yeah, just little character guides and stuff. Like I was surprised to learn that Diva is like she's a tank, but like she's actually really good at attacking. Because the whole point is you use uh, you know her boost move that just lets you fly. Yeah, yeah. Briefly, like it's all about using that to get in weird positions and get behind the enemy. Like you know, you say like you're saying about Bastion, like she's the anti-Bastion, basically. Yeah, like yeah. If, if you've got Bastion, who's just sat there in turret mode and he's just blasting the fuck out of everyone, then there is a way to get around and just appear behind him and shotgun him. From and she's all, the the uh, genius with uh, Diva is that if you build up your special, you turn your your uh, mech into a nuke, and yes. you can also fly that mech. Like you, if you press the run or the you know that power. Mm. Uh, surge thing if you if you press that and then activate it it uh, acts as like this beautiful grenade <laughs> that, you, well, yeah, that just flies off into the distance videos of people just like chucking it over buildings yeah it's insane <laughs> um and the, the moment you cause damage with it you instantly get a respawn for your mech yeah so you straight back in again it's um yeah i mean so far so good um i'm I've got concerns, but there's no point in even thinking about them at this point. It's far too early. Uh, yeah, and uh, I I said to you before that I was angry that you didn't play Rainbow Six because that that is uh, like yeah, but Dave, me they're not very playing similar. Rainbow Six is your fault the... as we've as we've discussed. Why is that? Because you've got it on the Xbox and I've got it on the PS4. 
That's fair. Fucking that is fair. But Romeo and Juliet, mate. What I'm, what I'm saying is that um uh yeah, don't play it now. <laughs> I went I went back to it this week and my god, there are some wankers on that video game now. <laughs> we put pl- I played I mean, how many times have we played, John? We I mean we put hours and hours and hours into that game. Yeah. And it it gener- I mean, it would happen once in a blue moon where a team killer would, would ruin it. But I mean it was very rare when we were playing it constantly. Um once once an evening. Every, every game. Every game now. Really? Yeah, we played four or five not rounds, four or five games, and every server we went into, there was people just killing it, killing uh, each other. That's and so it's... weird because you would think over time those people would be the ones to get bored and fuck off. Yes, yeah. yeah. But now it's like returning to a lost sea, and it's full of looters that are just ruining everyone's lives. Yeah, uh, yeah. horrible. Um, so yeah, such a shame because it is one of the best shooters that I've uh, played in recent years and mm. and and now you can't play it because it's full of pricks. Uh right, okay, let's uh that's enough what we've been playing this week. Uh let's go to questions, yeah? Yeah. We were yeah, excited. Right. Uh firstly I've got to apologise to a guy called Ian who emailed last week and we all took out uh, the piss out of him because his <laughs> the wording in his email was wrong and he sent us an email saying, Oh yeah, sorry about that. It wasn't bad English. I, I just my fat thumbs on my phone can't type and then I thought, <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm the worst for that <laughs> so, so maybe taking out the piss out of him was the most hypocritical thing I've ever done in my life. But there you go. Uh so big shout out to Ian. Sorry about sorry about that. Right, the first email is from Alex. He says, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, etc., etc." Uh I've got two questions, really. Firstly, Dave said ages ago that you played Flower in one sitting one morning whilst feeling rough uh, and had a really good experience with it. It had been perfect for what he needed that morning. I've never been able to get into Flower, but just had exactly the same thing with Grow Home. I wondered if any of you guys have played it and what you thought about it. Anyone played Grow Home? Yeah, it's wicked. Is it's it a, good? It's a similar thing in that it's something you can just you can smash it in an evening and it's nice, and it asks nothing more of you. <laughs> How long is it? Uh, I think I did it in like four hours, something like that. Was this Which, ever was this ever on um, PS Plus or anything? It was on PS Plus. So I mean, if you you know some people are a bit salty about paying six quid for it or whatever, but yeah, if you've got PlayStation Plus, then you own it. So. Have a go. Well, unless you forgot to download it that month. Then. Well, yeah, but only a Muppet would do that. So, Are you one of these people that instantly just hits purchase whenever it comes up, no matter what there, the There's is. a few that I've genuinely just, like, fucking reality fire. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but beyond that, yeah, I'll pretty much grab anything. Yeah, I haven't just got... in case. I haven't got that discipline. I just haven't got that discipline to go, okay, I'll just buy these regardless. It's tough to do that. I mean, you've only got like 30 days and it does take about five minutes. <laughs> the worst part is when I, like before I got a, a Vita and a PS4 for that matter, um, I still had a PS Plus subscription, but I wasn't just grabbing the games anyway. You know, you can just go on the website and go, yeah, I own that now. Um, and I wasn't doing that and I just missed out on like the first year's worth of games like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, he goes on to say, secondly, I know most of you have young kids at home. We have a 10-month-old uh, and another on the way, as well as a 9-year-old, what? but he, he doesn't Jeez. count. Yeah, I know. Fuck, that is mental. <laughs> Someone has been busy. Uh, as well as a 9-year-old, but he doesn't count for the purpose of this question. Poor poor kid. Um, I'd, l- I'd like to know if you have any recommendations for kids' TV that isn't total shit. 
we watch a lot of Hey Dougie, which reminds me of Michael Fox for some reason, uh, and Baby Jake. I'm looking for something new though, so hit me up with cool suggestions. Uh, Sean. Uh, Cat Mario show, mate. <laughs> John. Um, no, it's all horrible, but you learn to tune it out and it doesn't exist. And then someone who comes around your house without kids and they're like, oh, this is weird. Why are you watching this? And I was like, I could look at this forever and not see it. <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. <laughs> there are times where like Harry's gone for his nap and CBB's been on for two hours while he's been sleeping. But it's just it's just not there. And the screen might as well be blank at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. Uh, yeah, no, the best one is Hey Dougie. So you've already got that one down. Baby Jake's all right. I've got time for that. Um, uh, Postman Pat's still amazingly charming, even, uh, but also infuriating. Um, I can't think of anything else. Most of it is just utter shit. I've got time, got time for Swashbuckle. That's, uh, that's pretty good, but mainly because I like the presenter. Um, try to think of anything else. I, I, I do like winding. Adventure time. Just switch, just press up if you've got Virgin. You yeah. Know, press up once to get to Cartoon Network and just watch Adventure Time or regular show. He's not interested in that yet, though. I don't yeah, think he'd make them interested in it. They're, so they're really young. You get to control them. Maybe I'll try that. Isn't it a bit like it is a bit creepy though for for his age, right? It's only two. Yeah, Elliot seems fine. <laughs> um, I do like winding John up every now and then by just uh, singing the two, the four, the six, the eight. That's, <laughs> That's really out of order. I know. That's <laughs> really out of order. Do you know but, what? I've been. To, I had to go to two kids' parties in two consecutive days, and they were both. Frozen princess parties. So I've heard "Let It Go" by De- I think it's Demi Lovato about a million times this weekend, and that song just buries itself into your brain. And yeah, <laughs> that Thomas the Tank Engine song will just eliminate it in seconds, and that will be that's going to be my week. <laughs> um, let's go to the tweets. The thing says, uh, if Sean had to pick a side in the inevitable the computer game show versus Midnight Resistance fight, which would he pick and why? Well, hang on, he's put TCGP. Uh, I don't. I don't know what that is. Oh yeah, the computer game podcast. I suppose. I suppose that makes yeah. sense. Not uh, no, I just but... looked up. Uh, looked it up. It's tcgplayer.com It's an online store for Magic Gathering <laughs> and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Mate, you know, resistance are fucking those guys up all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but computer game show probably not, right? Um, what's I don't know. I don't know what doing. I don't know. I've built that with my own hands. <laughs> So yeah, this, this I mean, just fucking show up and say shit, and then yeah, you built it with your own hands, but it's part it's of the reason why it's going to just fall to pieces, isn't it? When <laughs> <laughs> put under any sort of pressure. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we've got a definitive, definitive answer for that because we want him for our E3 shows this year, and uh, he's chosen Midnight Resistance over us. Well, so. I, I don't know if we're doing anything for Midnight Resistance actually. So oh, fuck it, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Um, There's no Nintendo conference, mate. I'm, I'm, I've fucking tapped out of E3 this year. I've lost me, uh, I don't know. You lost your buzz for it. Lost me E3 mojo, yeah. Mm. Nintendo, so oh, we're just going to show Zelda. Like, you know those lads who got really upset about No Man's Sky being put back too much? That's me with Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I still think there's going to be some crazy announcement there. I know where from them. I don't know why. I've still got a little bit. I hope so. Still got a little bit of Paloma. Be embarrassing, isn't it? Uh, I know Eve Weevil says, "What do you dislike about the Souls games?" Um, the fans frame, frame rate in Blight Town. Yeah, that's pretty. Or Blight Town in general. Yeah. Um, 
think that's that's it. No, there's there's more to dislike. I think sometimes the menus can be a little bit better. Like things could be a little bit clearer. I understand yeah. why. I completely understand why um, a lot of it is hidden away. I get that, right? But there are some things where you're just kind of like, yeah, come on. Um, yeah, like in terms of, like it's cool that story stuff is obfuscated but like like you know like john was saying the fact that you can get through like halfway through dark souls and be like oh my character's bullshit and i can't really reverse that now um that's like that's you know for someone to sort of defend that be like oh yeah but you know it's dark souls it's meant to be difficult no fuck off that's that is too much you can do it without leveling up fuck <laughs> you fuck you in the fucking face and the um, thing is for years I'd hear people say that but what they they never tell you is like oh yeah but I still leveled up my weapons so I can hit harder than you could hit because I watched a video of someone oh soul level one on stone smell and I was like how the fuck they do this and it was hitting it's like they've got three times as much damage as I do yeah. I'm trying to be yeah, like, this, this like, doesn't count yeah like this, the, the soul level one thing is interesting because it's like like, yes, you're doing it without leveling up your character, but only because people have really gone out of the way to figure out loads of other really yeah. clever, like, really clever ways of increasing your damage output. Mm-hmm. Without it's like um, it's still, you're still just, like, gaming the system. It's not, you know. Mimics. Mimics can fuck off. I don't, I don't <laughs> get the joke. I don't find it funny. It's just cheap. I, I, I don't care. There'll be people. Spot on, though. I know. But the like the first three or four times you don't pick up on that, do you, Sean? You just see a, a chest that you've opened hundreds of times before, but this one eats you, and you just kind of. I said what made it worse was that the first time you meet one in dark, the uh, original Dark Souls is it's in the room with the lift. Now the lift has a instant death thing, where if you stay on it for too long, it just chucks you into some spikes in the ceiling. But there's blood all over the lift, so there's enough to warn you about it. The mimic, it was all oh, the chain goes the other way. Actually, <laughs> fuck so off. Can, um... Oh, okay, no, it's still not obvious. But if you sort of drop the camera a bit, you can see the mouth going like they're, like you can see it breathing a little bit. Yeah, but how are you supposed to know that the first time you play it? It, yeah, was, it was a bullshit death. I did. The, the, <laughs> I, I don't find it. And people made a joke of it. Oh, mimics aren't they funny? No, they're not. They're not funny. They're crap. I dislike what it says about human nature that in a game as difficult as Dark Souls that people find like genuinely quite upsetting at times just trying to get through it. But some people go, Do you know what? I'm going to spend an afternoon invading people and making it worse. <laughs> yeah. That, that's weird. Yeah, yeah but that's... that happened to me in the, you know, the bonfire in the bottom of the, uh, whatever that building is, before Onstone Smoke. The... Oh, yeah, yeah, in Anolando. So, yeah, I, I was trying to summon people, and this guy invaded, and all he'd do is shut the door so you couldn't get out. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> he just kept shutting the door, and then I'd stand in front of him, and he'd be stood there. And I was like, oh, okay, like, if I attack this guy, he's going to kill me. So um, I sent him a message. I was like, listen, mate, I've got two kids. I've been trying to finish this game for five years. Like, I get it, but can <laughs> you just not? Because, you know, I just really just want to get through this. Yeah. And he just sent me one back and said, feed me phantoms. So I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I summoned someone. <laughs> I summoned someone, and I kept pointing at the door because I was like, "There's a guy there," but obviously I couldn't really communicate that. And he opened the door, and the guy just killed him straight away. And I was like, "Oh man, I feel like the worst guy ever." And then he got out of my way, and let me continue. <laughs> <laughs> that I like. I like the uh, invaders now simply for that story. That was amazing. <laughs> well, have you heard about the uh, the fashion police in Dark Souls Three? <laughs> yeah, this is great. 
um, just basically, yeah, there's someone who just invades people's games, calls, him, calls himself the fashion police. And he just like, he just basically has a look at people's outfits. And if he likes what they're wearing, he just like leaves them an item and then fucks off. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. And if he doesn't, does he kill him? I think so, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, I I can't I can't imagine get like that griefer like just, just trying to wind you up and then not just getting abuse, not getting anything, but just listen, mate. I've been trying to complete this game for five years. Please, just <laughs> just <laughs> stand. It was a really earnest message. I was like, you know, I get it. I get that this, you know, this is what you want to do for some reason, but just someone else, please. Yeah, this is this is funny, haha. But listen, yeah. not now. <laughs> yeah, like, if you want to kill me, if you want to just kill me, that's fine. You know, you just kill me and do whatever you need to do. I don't mind that, but please don't just keep shutting the door. I'm trying to get out. What happens if you rip the internet out when that happens? Do you just die instantly? Uh, I think it returns you to the main menu. Yeah, but... connection. But then you can just log back in. So why wouldn't you do that every time you get invaded anyway? Uh, just because it's a... I don't know. It's like, it'd be slightly more... Like, it's probably quicker to just do the fight and get killed. Yeah, I suppose. Um, um uh says uh I recently play uh Civilization five, I guess that is, for nineteen hours straight for a charity thing. What's the longest you've have played a game for? Like I'm assuming he means in one sitting. Uh yeah, and yeah. it's gotta be Pro Evo, isn't it, really? Pro Evo or Halo. Yeah, I mean, I think I did Halo. My mine is pathetic though; it's not even that long. Like, I think I did Halo Two for like nine hours, and then I went to bed with one of the worst headaches I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it was years ago for a brief period when I was unemployed, and yeah, but that's not even that long, really. But it's fucking unhealthy. Don't do that. Don't even play for even half of that. No, when you're younger, that don't matter, does it? Oh, like... it did because I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> did you? The only thing, like the only side, because I I went round uh, someone's house and we played Halo for literally about. 12 straight hours I think it was Halo 2 um, and I had that moment where I could not close my eyes without seeing like the shotgun mm. symbol yeah. stuff like that it was that fucked me up um, but, but Pro Evo that th- I had no I mean I could have I'm pretty sure we've done a 12 hour session of that and I could have gone on for more it was just one of those games I could just play that non-stop uh, it was probably Pro Evo 2 or 3 like back in those days yeah. Um I could play football games forever. There were times where, like my my the player that I was controlling just stood still, and people looked over at me. I was asleep with a pad in my hand, but <laughs> still counts. Still, yeah, still counts. <laughs> uh, time splits too might be up there as well. Cause we oh, had yeah. some long ass sessions on that as well. Yeah, the old eye link getting that USB cable between two uh, PlayStation twos and playing it over that. The good days. Yeah, the, I know we sort of half talked about it and like half well half talked about doing a like a 24-hour podcast yeah charity i've never considered doing a, a 24 hours playing a game or whatever no nah. i mean i think the the podcast experience would be miserable enough it'd be worse i think it'd be, i'd find the podcast i'd find the podcast harder yeah. than the playing but yeah absolutely yeah okay. yeah i think i could do 24 hours of playing a game i mean it would be hard don't get me wrong but but podcasting man talking for 24 hours like straight <laughs> fuck that. Well, at least like with the podcast you could be like you could make sure that you had like rotating guests and stuff like throughout the that don't count thing and it's not counting okay. no, no, <laughs> yeah. like a what they call it triggers broom 
Yeah. I think it counts. <laughs> no, I mean, sorry, no, like you, you would stay on throughout, but like you would have other people coming in. So at least every two hours, you'd be like, oh, thank fuck, someone new's here. But then do you, do you, do you remember like... It's uh... <laughs> not a nice way to say goodbye to someone. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you remember the, the Christmas podcast sessions that we used to do? How yeah. drained you felt at the end of that? It was a mess. Uh, okay, I've just seen what the time is, so we're going to rattle through, through these. I had no idea it was 10 to midnight. I apologise. Um, uh, Ada Black says, why does your intro music sound like it's ripped out of a forklift training video? Which I didn't even nice. think of, but when you think about the intro music, yeah, absolutely, I can see what you're saying. <laughs> so what I'm going to do here now is I've got seven um, forklift training safety uh, rules in front of me, and I'm just going to read them out, and then in the edit, I'm going to put our theme tune behind me. <laughs> so here we go. Forklift safety rules. One, always wear a seatbelt while operating a forklift. Two, know the load limits of the forklift before operating. Three, keep your hands, arms <laughs> and legs inside the lift truck. Four, sound horn at blind corners and intersections. Five, don't load the vehicle behind and beyond its capacity. Six, do not let anybody ride on the forks. Seven, don't drive like a cunt. <laughs> there we go. So well, we'll... I've some of those, but then I do know someone who worked in a factory where a man was crushed to death by a forklift truck. Why so bring that up? Forklift truck truck safety is no joke. Why, why bring that up? Why, what were you getting out of that? Uh, just like ruin everyone's fun, basically. Good. Um, Transters says, uh, what is the best uh, video game bargain you've come across in your gaming lifetime? This is easy for me. One ninety nine for Mass Effect Two that had the oh. DLC stuff in the box, oh. like it was still act- like it wasn't activated. So uh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> what what a fucking bargain that was. I've got uh, no I can't... memory, so I can't help you. Yeah, I've like I'm sure that there's been loads. Good, it's fine because we're trying to get to the end. That's fine, I yeah. bought a Skylander for twenty five p today for Elliot. Did you? Does he own the game or does he just like the models? Yeah, so like it's Skylanders maybe. Loving it. Um, has he got any amiibo? Yeah, he's got one. Which one? Yeah, Mario with a fireball. He loves it. <laughs> I remember when James bought his round, right? And Harry was like, whoa, this is amazing. <laughs> Farley was like, oh, it, part of him, he knows he's a dad and that, oh, these are toys and he should play with them. But the other side was like, they're my amiibos, please. <laughs> like he instantly regretted giving it to him. He was like, please don't snap that bit. Uh, right, MS Rangers 999 asks, uh, with Titanfall 2 coming to the PS4, do you think COD will still win in terms of sales at Christmas? It's pretty mad, isn't it? Yeah. So Titanfall, Call of Duty and Battlefield all coming out at once. So I I still think Call of Duty will win, but I've got a feeling it's going to be... I don't think it... I think a big chunk of that is... Like, that money is going away. It's got to, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be a a more even split than some people might expect. But um, I don't know. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) To do the Michael, what's his name? Michael Proctor or whatever his name is. Factor. Yeah, email him. Ask him. He'll probably know. know. Knows all this shit, doesn't he? Right. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm just going to do Matt's bit, which is um, send us an email if you want. We're on... uh, computergames.com um, <laughs> Spong 
Facebook. Uh, we're on YouTube. Just search computer games on YouTube. I'm sure it'll come up. <laughs> <laughs> we're on Twitch, but no one's using that at the moment because Matt's not got anything. Uh, and Twitter and that. Um, thanks for joining us, John. It's been I brilliant having you on. Matt's pain right now. I can feel him just like. I know. <laughs> I mean, that's the main reason why I'm doing it like that. Uh, <laughs> John, it's been brilliant having you on. Thanks so much for joining thanks us. Thanks for having me. It's uh, yeah. So, do you want to plug anything? No. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Is that it? Should we leave it there? Yeah, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't do the catchphrase, though. Oh, yeah, shit. Thank you for living it. Thank you for living it. Fuck it up.